From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Yes, WIA News for week commencing August 31. And it is, Graham. it's VK4BB back on deck. Thanks very much for the last... Oh, four, five, six weeks that Robert and Brian have done the news whilst I've been uh, gallivanting around overseas. So uh, thanks very much there. Now, it's time to take your tablet with Qantas and Virgin Australia. Australia's Civil Aviation Safety Authority this week declared that both airlines can allow passengers to use tablets, e-book readers, MP3 players and smartphones set to flight mode during a flight's taxi, takeoff and landing stages. However, of all these devices, it's the use of tablets that is the most significant win for business travellers, enabling you to get on with real work from the moment you sit down, except paying attention to the safety briefing, whereas laptop computers still need to be securely stored in the overhead lockers during takeoff and landing. It's what's called gate-to-gate usage of personal electronic devices, and Qantas and Virgin Australia were quick off the mark to declare that the days of the great switch-off for in-flight gadgets are over. Travellers can now use their personal tech for the entire duration of the flight. Telstra has expanded its commercial trial of next-generation 4G services on the 700 MHz spectrum to selected areas of Sydney and Adelaide. Once switched on, Customers using compatible devices in these trial locations will experience the fastest mobile data speeds in Australia, according to a company statement. The commercial trials will start in mid-September. Services on 700 MHz spectrum will also be rolled out in more cities and regional centres as spectrum becomes available from January 2015. This extends the number of commercial trial cities to eight, with commercial services already being tested in Perth, Fremantle, Esperance, Mildura, Mount Isa and Griffith. In addition to faster download speeds, the use of low-band spectrum like 700 megs allows for the signal to travel further and reach deeper into buildings, improving the depth of coverage for customers. Optus, the second biggest telco in Australia, will launch its Optus 10 satellite September 12. It's currently being transported to the Guiana Space Centre in French Guiana. Once launched, it will operate in the KU band, FSS and BSS bands across Australia, New Zealand and Antarctic regions. Its lifespan is estimated to last for over 15 years. Electro-optic systems and aerospace firm Lockheed Martin are developing a new network to track space junk. With a global system of sensors, initially at Mount Stromlo, Canberra, and a new facility in West Australia, operators can be informed of the risk of damage from from space debris so they can move satellites easily. After half a century of space travel, there are some 300,000 bits of space junk, one centimetre or larger, regarded as big enough to destroy the function of a satellite. Over the next five to six years, the idea is to track the debris with EOS technology in combination with other systems, such as the US Air Force Space Fence Radar. Step two will be an orbital cleanup involving space missions to remove dead satellites. 
and new technology, likely in five to seven years, would use ground-based lasers to nudge smaller objects into lower orbits so they burn up in the atmosphere. In WIA Board Talk now, next week, hopefully, we'll be joined by WIA Secretary David Williams, who will have the latest news in regards to progress of the D-Star repeaters and the WIA's arrangement with clubs looking after the repeaters going forward. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service in VK5. It can be heard on VK5 RLZ on 439.975 MHz at 0900 hours Sunday. I'm Alan, VK5, Mike Alpha Kilo. What's happening in VK1? Well, the local VK1, VK2 SOTA participants are meeting at the Ainsley Football Club Tuesday, that's the 2nd of September, for dinner at 6.30 for a 7pm sit-down. If you're interested in SOTA or QRP field operations, please join them at the AFC. Owen, you are welcome to bring your latest piece of QRP kit for a show-and-tell. In VK2 Foundation course and assessments, the next ARNSW Foundation course weekend in the Greater Sydney area will be September, Saturday 20, Sunday 21. Licence upgrade assessments are also held on the Sunday, the 21st. Bookings are essential and can be made for either the foundation course or the assessments by sending off an email address to education at arnsw.org.au. Westlake's field day is scheduled for Sunday, September 14 in the club grounds at Taralba. There's no cost to set up a stall, but take your own table. Ring and leave a message on 02 49581588 to book a spot. The next gathering of the St George Amateur Radio Society will be held Wednesday. That's this coming Wednesday, September 3. Now, every amateur wants to know how well their radios are working. Are they on frequency? Are they putting out the correct power? How well are they receiving? These and many other tests can be performed with the aid of a communications test set. Many of these test sets are coming on the amateur market and can be of great benefit to a ham, but only if you know how to use them. Robin VK2CAB will be demonstrating what can be done with a Motorola R2001 test set, as well as demonstrating the various tests that can be carried out there will also be the opportunity for members and visitors to put their radios on the bench to see how good they are. Again, the next gathering will be held at the club's meeting rooms, Donnelly Park, Kyle Parade, Connells Point, on Wednesday, September 3, at 7.30pm. VK3 and Shepparton and District Amateur Radio Club's Hamfest takes place the 14th of September. Just two and a half hours, it kicks off at 10, wraps at 12.30. Great bargains to be had, commercial dealers in attendance, as well as lots of pre-loved goodies, door prizes, raffle prizes and more. Yarra Valley Amateur Radio Group's Hamfest 2014 is Sunday the 9th of November at 10am. Doors open to buyers at 10 in the Gary Cooper Pavilion, Anzac Avenue, Yarra Glen, with ample parking, free tea and coffee, and still just five bucks an entry. Portable and Victorian National Parks. The fourth annual weekend of activity under the Keith Roger National Parks Award takes place in November, and already 13 individual registrations have been received. VK5 operators will again be active in VK3 in the Western National Parks on the weekend of November 14 to 17. We hear that a few from last month's Masterclass, Portable, held by Amateur Radio Victoria, 
we'll be getting their transceivers, batteries and antennas ready. So don't be shy, give it a go and bite the bullet. Anyone is able to join the portable operations in the field, either by activating their own VK3 National Park or by making arrangements to join somebody else. Perhaps you might like to work the National Parks from home? The November dates again are from Friday the 14th through to Monday the 17th. Li-Fi, the future of digital communications, is bright. Eastern and Mountain District Radio Club main monthly meeting this coming Friday night, September 5, will see a talk from Professor Gene Armstrong from Monash University. Professor Armstrong is an expert in OFDM transmission methods and Li-Fi technology to transmit high-speed data using light, a rapidly developing and cutting-edge technology. More information can be found at the EMDRC Club website. And, dare I say it, this should be an enlightening evening. Oh, and Sunday, November 7, will be the third annual VK3 VHF, UHF and Microwave Experimenters Test and Tune Day, again at EMDRC Club Rooms, Burwood. The VK4 and the Townsville Amateur Radio Club are holding the Cardwell Gathering October the 3rd over four days. This radio amateur gathering in paradise will be based at the Cardwell Beachcomber Motel and Tourist Park with lots of things happening during the event for the whole family. What use is an F-call? When I started this caper over two years ago, my very first edition of What Use is an F-Call discussed the idea that it's not power that determines your ability to make a contact. It's your antenna, that and propagation. Of course, there are situations where having a high-power station will get you places that a low-power station won't. I've often made the observation that having a foundation license is like being a QRP operator, a station that runs on low power. If you have an advanced license and decide to operate with 5 watts and you make contacts, you get accolades from the community, where, as a foundation licensee, you're doing that by law. It's quite amazing to hear new operators continue to have the perception that they need more power and that's why they should upgrade their license. This view is perpetuated by many amateurs in our community, and I don't think it's helpful, nor is it accurate. I'm not adverse to upgrading a license at all, but power should not be your first reason. You should think of higher licenses as more bands, more modes, more skill and more knowledge. You'll have the ability to build equipment that you can't as a foundation class license holder, and you'll have choice of a wider selection of call signs. If you are a foundation class amateur and you want to talk to people who use low power as a matter of pride, get in touch with the QRP community. There's clubs and websites galore, newsletters, social outings, activities and more. You'll fit right in. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. 
Set to celebrate its silver anniversary next year, Lusat 1, which is also known as Oscar 19 or LO 19, appears once again to be functioning, sort of when in sunlight. At this point, Oscar 19 is only transmitting telemetry. Its digital transponder has not been reported to be operational. We knew that our Lusat started transmitting again a couple of years ago, but only when illuminated by sunlight and was not heard during the night, Pedro Converso, LU7 Alpha Bravo Fox reported to the AMSAT BB. During a recent nighttime pass, though, he was surprised to hear the usual 900 milliwatt continuous carrier on 437.125 megahertz, 22 minutes after the LO19 had emerged from Earth's shadow. It's almost a miracle that after almost 25 years, Lusat's vintage NICAD batteries can still receive and hold a charge, he said. Launched in 1990 from Kourou, French Guiana, on an Ariane 4 vehicle, the satellite Argentina's first, has completed more than 128,000 orbits and is one of the oldest active amateur radio satellites. 10 gigahertz under threat from broadband links. The Oscar Kilo 2 Kilo Kilo Whiskey Contest Club report on interference to the amateur radio 10 gigahertz band from commercial internet links in Prague, Czech Republic. On YouTube, you can hear an example of strong noise and interference from commercial point-to-point internet links on 10 gigahertz in Prague. As you can see, any weaker amateur radio signals are almost not receivable now. Czech Republic Radio Communication Authority, CTU, allocated a significant part of the 10 gigahertz band across our 10368 megahertz DX band for free use of Wi-Fi internet providers. However, it breaches SEPT recommendations. Ham Radio MCOM message from Guff Island. It was Ham Radio to the rescue. When an important message from remote Guff Island to the South Africa's Department of Environmental Affairs could not be sent as the normal lines of communication were down. The story really began this past February when Pierre Tromp, Zulu Sierra One Hotel Fox, volunteered to go to Guff Island after a member of the Guff team had passed away on the island. Tromp was transported to Guff Island where he was assigned the call sign Zulu Delta 9 Mike. Over the weekend of August the 9th, a serious incident occurred on the island and as satellite phone connections to the African continent had been poor since the first week of August, Zulu Delta 9 Mike decided to use ham radio to contact Trevor Branch, Zulu Sierra 1 Tango Romeo, for the relay of the information back to Cape Town. While the text was not made public, the message contained 836 words and was sent a few at a time and repeated back for confirmation. The entire process took about 1 hour 45 minutes to transfer via high-frequency radio. During this time, the two stations were forced to alternate between 20 and 30 metres as conditions were fading in and out on both bands. After confirmation of the content of the message, it was retyped into email format and successfully sent to the listed recipients. Another example of amateur radio being able to get the message delivered when all other methods fail. FCC says open the door. The USS Communications Regulator, the FCC, continued this month to demonstrate that it's serious about enforcing its rules and regulations. The ARRL report the FCC is proposing to fine a Florida citizen's band operator $14,000 for failing to allow FCC agents to inspect his station. The Commission issued a Notice of Apparent Liability for Forfeiture to Tommy Salter of Jacksonville, August 22nd. 
pirate radio in China. The South China Morning Post reports on the growing number of pirate radio stations in the country. The Hong Kong newspaper quoted the authorities as saying they had found high-powered radio transmitters in private hands. Among them was a 2,000-watt transmitter which provided coverage for most of the capital. Pirate radio equipment can apparently be bought easily on online shopping sites. More than a dozen residents of a retirement community have become amateur radio operators and are working to familiarise themselves with a local disaster relief plan. Amateur Radio Newsline Cheryl Lassick, K9BIK, has more. According to the Redlands Daily Facts online newspaper, Keith Kaysen, AI6BX, is the Plymouth Village Executive Director who is leading the group. In the article, Kaysen explained, Plymouth Village is required to have an emergency response plan as part of its day-to-day operations, also that the program provides those involved with a chance to be proactive. The group is made up of Plymouth Village volunteers that meet regularly and also hold practice drills using amateur radio. Each volunteer is responsible for a portion of the retirement community. Kaysen says that once training and exams are complete, Plymouth Village will see around 30 certified operators working to keep residents safe. According to Kaysen, Plymouth Village is a 37-acre campus with a population of 300. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Cheryl Asik, K9BIK, reporting. Some names in the news. First is Sheikh Sadhahula, who was recently featured in the August 11th edition of India's Trinity Mirror Evening English Language Newspaper. According to the article, VU2SDU, who has a rare blood group, started donating blood in 1993 at the suggestion of VU2HMN. She told him one of her relatives with the same rare blood group was to undergo heart surgery. You can read the entire story at trinitymirror.net slash news by using the search argument VU2SDU. Back in the United States, David Anthony, AC2CM, a member of the Oswego County, New York, Emergency Communications and Radio Amateur Civil Emergency Service has been honored with the 2014 Service Award. This is for dedication to the amateur radio group that helps government agencies with emergency communications needs. Those stories from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You're tuned to the WIA National News Service across Australia. I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6 ITF. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Operational news on Felix VK4FUQ, Dateline 2014. A contest is running August 30 and 31. Manly Warringah Radio Society's flagpole contest September 20. Amateur Radio's International Air Ambulance Week, nine days from September 28. Special event stations, DX Beacon, Repeater and Net Advice. PA70OMG commemorates World War II Operation Market Basket. On the air, keep an ear open for the special event station PA70OMG to be operational from the Netherlands from the 12th of September to the 21st. This to commemorate the 70th anniversary of the World War II Operation Mark Garden by paratroopers and Allied forces which began on the 17th of September 1944. 
to help liberate the region after four years of German occupation. If you may contact QSL's GO director via the Bureau to PB0AEZ. Members of the Romanian Radio Club Association is activating Ferrociri Island for the first time until September the 30th. Operations will be on the high frequency bands only. QSL via Y09FNP. EA7FTR will be active between September the 5th and October the 10th as D44KS from Boa Vista, which is the easternmost island of Cape Verde. Due to work commitments, his hours of operation will be limited to his spare time. Listen for him on 40 metres through 6 metres using SSB and RITI and QSL via EB7DX. Rolls-Royce Special Event On the 11th and 12th of October for 48 hours, the Hucknall Rolls-Royce Amateur Radio Club are running a special event station, GB1RR, celebrating the centenary of the Eagle Aero Engine. Rolls-Royce was asked by the UK government to develop an aero engine, of which ended service in the Great War of 1914-1918. HRRARC will put on up to four stations simultaneously. These will comprise two HF stations, one HF data station and a VHF station. SSB stroke PSK31 on HF from 160 metres to 10 metres. No matter what you have heard, the address remains the same. In operation for over 30 years, the address for the QSL Bureau Luxembourg LX remains the same. The President and Secretary ask that you totally ignore any requests to use a different address. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. On the award scene, and Paul N8HM has announced a new award for contacts made via the AO73, that's the FunCube 1 amateur radio satellite. I quote, I am pleased to announce that I will be sponsoring a new award to promote activity on FunCube 1. The requirements for this award are simple. Work 73 unique stations on AO73. Contacts must be made on or after September 1 this year. There are no geographic restrictions on your operating location. There will be no cost for this award. Donations to AMSAT UK and AMSAT NA's FOX program are encouraged, though. No QSL cards required. Now, when you complete the requirements, email your log extract, including the call sign of each station work, time in UTC and date, to nhhm at arrl.net, as well as the address where you'd like the award certificate sent. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In northwestern Tasmania, it can be heard on VK7RMD, the Mount Duncan Repeater, on 146625 at 9am Sundays and 9pm Tuesdays. I'm Winston, VK7EM. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Females in Radio. YL Activity Week. As this was such a great success last year, the gals in New Zealand have decided to do it again this year. Dates will be September the 21st to the 27th inclusive and running from 8pm to 9pm each night.
Frequencies are 80 metres, 3695, 20 metres, New Zealand's national system, 2 metre repeaters, and all Waro members are invited to participate and they'd like all other whales to come up on air and chat with other ladies. So why not come and join in, join in with them and have a contact and a conversation with some amazing women in and around New Zealand. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. Amateur satellites become involved. Amateur satellites operating as one of the most interesting and rewarding modes in our hobby. The satellites are relatively easy to access and require very little hardware investment to get started. You can gain access to the FM repeaters in the sky with just a dual-band handheld operating on 2 metres and 70 centimetres. These easy-to-use and popular FM satellites will give amateurs national communications and handheld access into New Zealand at various times through the day and night. Should you wish to join AMSAT VK, sign up at the AMSAT VK Group site. Information provided in the text edition of this new service. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. August and Hams in Hawaii respond to Tropical Storm Azel. Hams in Hawaii were once again ready as Tropical Storm Azel made landfall on the Big Island. As soon as Hams in Hawaii were informed that Hurricane Azil was headed towards them, preparation for its arrival began. The storm approached the Big Island and it approached as a Category 1 hurricane and then just off the shore it fizzled out a bit to a very, very high-end tropical storm. It hung offshore for around five hours and in the process the brutal winds and punishing rains ground down on the southeast coast of the Big Island and they took quite a beating. As a result of the storm, some 21,900 residents were without electric power and landline and cellular services were down in some areas. But Ham Radio kept the emergency responders in communication with one another. It took about 10 days for things to settle back to normal with all power and telephone services all restored. And as I leave you this week, here is a question. Do you know the connection between 17th century Holland and the Yesu Radio Company. Hello everyone, this is Clive, VK6 Charlie Sierra Whiskey. You can find the answer to that question by listening to the Radio Amateurs Old Timers Club of Australia's September Bulletin, due to go to air tomorrow. Throughout the day, there are a number of local broadcasts on HF, VHF and UHF, but the primary HF transmissions are on 20 metres on 14.150 MHz. At 0100 UTC, the signal is beamed north from Melbourne for Eastern States listeners. An hour later, at 0200 UTC, the program is beamed westward for WA listeners. Also at 0200 UTC, Barry VK6 Whiskey Foxtrot will be transmitting on 40 metres on 7060 kHz lower sideband, mainly for West Australian country listeners, while also at 0200 UTC, the bulletin goes out on all NewsWest linked repeaters. To find a frequency and time for your particular area, or to download the bulletin at any time after next Tuesday, please visit the RAOTC website at www.raotc.org.au 
Once again, that's www.raotc.org.au. Everyone, RAOTC members and non-members alike, is most welcome to listen to the bulletin and to join in the callbacks afterwards. Once again, the September RAOTC Bulletin goes to air tomorrow, Monday, September the 1st, and we look forward to hearing you during the callbacks afterwards. 7-3 from Clive, VK6CSW. All right, it is time for the social scene as we get to the end of WIA National News for the week commencing August 31. Now, in September, September 13 in VK4, the Sunshine Coast Amateur Radio Club Sunfest at the Wombai School of Arts. September 14 in VK2 is Westlake's Field Day, club grounds at Taralba. Whilst also September 14, but in VK3, it's the Shepparton and District Amateur Radio Club's Hamfest, kicks off at 10am. September 28, VK3, Melbourne Amateur Radio Technology Group Hamfest, Keylor East. And September 28 in VK4, the Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club's weekend at Camp Fairburn. October 3 in VK4, it's the Townsville Amateur Radio Club's Cardwell Gathering, a four-day event. October 25 in VK4, it's Hamfest on the Gold Coast. In November, November the 2nd in VK5, it's Hamfest, Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society. November 9, we've got two in VK3. It's the Yarrow Valley Amateur Radio Group's Hamfest, 10am at the Gary Cooper Pavilion. And it's also the VHF, UHF and Microwave Experimenters Day. November 15 in VK7, my Enna Hamfest. And November 30 in VK3, Spark, S-P-A-R-C Hamfest at Rosebud. OK, that's it until next week. I'm Graham VK4BB. Again, thanks very much to Robert and Brian for looking after the WIA National News. And in VK4, looking after Q News, we had Alan Roebuck. Thanks again, Alan. All right, as I said, till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.